0: Spawn Me is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bricago, y'all. Yo, what's good, everybody here in Bricago what the DOB? Hope y'all doing well. Hope you're having a wonderful week. This is the Spawn of Me podcast with Khalif Adams. I'm your host, Khalif. Adams, that's with a an A and a D and an A and an M and an S, just like they gave it to me. <laughs> oh, it's been a fun week. It's been a very busy and hectic week this, Mar- this March month, which is already wild to say, uh, is is starting off hot and heavy and is very very busy. Uh, hence the reason why you've not gotten an episode out last week. Um, just work and. Everything else has uh, uh, been really interesting in terms of getting things out the door. I'm gonna try to fix that and, and make that a little bit easier for everybody involved and get some goodies out. Uh, but there also has been like a weird layer of conversation or a weird layer of of. News that I care about and don't care about in the space. So it hasn't really felt like, hey, I want to talk about that. There hasn't been a lot of things to really discuss that I really, that really, you know, blows up my skirt, uh, as they would say in this space. But um, there are a couple quick things that I want to talk about because we have a really fun interview uh, that I recorded at DICE, um, and now we get a chance to share more of that information now uh, because it is now past embargo, and I can talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I got a chance to talk to with with uh, President of Games for Change, Susanna Pollock. Uh, well, she will tell you all the good, good things that are happening to Games for Change that are happening in uh, the upcoming month. Uh, so we'll get into that towards the end of the show. But uh, there's a, a, couple of, a couple of fun things I do want to get into today and, and talk about. One was Capcom showed off uh, their spotlight and showcase, uh, which was a really A really cool demonstration of how do you kind of like dump a bunch of information into a space and then let it kind of cook and do its thing um there were a couple of games in there that really did perk up my ears and stuff that i was really excited about to see more of and hear more about what was coming down the pipe again more street fighter 6 uh, and that game, every time we see it, it looks ridiculous and super, super good. Uh, it looks really fantastic in the stuff that's in that space. Exoprimal, you know, we had done a video that's out on our YouTube channel right now that you can go check out. Um, and they showed a little bit more of Exoprimal. I, I, I think Exoprimal is one of those games where you really have to be paying attention to, you know, how many folks are going to be able to play that alongside you are you having fun while you play it but it does have a lot of lost planet vibes to me which is a game that i have been very very excited to see more of um and 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 get a chance to like dig into what that game is supposed to be and it's just so much fun i i I'm just really excited for what that game is going to wind up being when we get a chance to see it. I hope that this becomes a game that people support and people play in a real way. Uh, I'm going to be sad if that game doesn't get the love that it actually deserves because it was one of the most fun things I got a chance to play in demo form in a while. So I think, you know, if you're not familiar with that game, it's a PvP and PvE kind of game where... The PvP component comes at the end of a couple of peve rounds, so you are these mechs who are uh, killing all of these dinosaurs that have been transported and teleported into into their world, uh, and they are now taking over that world. Um, And your job is to, in these various levels, kind of, you know, uh, remove them from the space by killing them and and, and making sure that, you know, you're doing more of that work than the other team. And then at the end of the the rounds, you wind up fighting a PvP match alongside or against... um, another team who was doing the same thing in parallel. So it's like you have basically two two corridors of you all fighting these monsters and then kind of battling between the two. And it really did add some like really fun layers to the gameplay that I didn't have an expectation for. And now, seeing where it has gone, um, it is it has changed into something that is just like, I need it. I need that game real bad. So... Uh, Capcom came through with some really fun stuff They showed a little bit more of Resident Evil and dropped a demo Resident Evil uh, 4 And a demo got put out The same day Which always a big fan of those uh, kinds of movements I always love to see uh, Companies put out uh, A really cool piece of content And then say you can go play it right now if you want to uh, Definitely go check that out and, and, and have some fun with that Which was super fun And, and a lot of, a lot of fun to play with um, I also uh, got a chance to go see some Redfall. Um, flew down to LA. Uh, wonderful folks from Arcane flew me down to go check out some Redfall. Um, I can't talk about it yet, still under embargo, um, but we'll be having some uh, conversations there. I had a really great interview uh, with the creative director that will be coming up soon. So keep, keep locked for that. So we'll be doing a little of that conversation there. Um, and there's just a bunch of stuff this week that I'm playing that I just can't talk about. And it sucks. Ah, there's just so many fun things that I'm digging into right now. Um, but don't have time to, or can't actually talk about them yet. So we're kind of waiting, uh, and playing the waiting game this week to see what we can talk about, where we can play some stuff. And, What's going to be the next layer of, of, of things that we get a chance to talk to and talk about. But for the most part, this week has been really quiet when it comes to game news. I've been watching a ton of uh, Last of Us, which has been great, uh, waiting for that to, to, to finish up its first season. Uh, Played a little bit more of the finals, which was really good. The folks from uh, a couple of folks uh, who made a studio um, from the remnants of DICE. Well, DICE is still here, but uh, left DICE, made their own studio. Now they have their own kind of uh, arena, uh, almost Monday night combat kind of shooter. uh, If you're familiar with that game, Uh, really high on destructibility, uh, a, a game where. You have to think about, you know, how you're going to hunker down in a particular space. But even when you do, it doesn't matter because everything around you, above you, below you, around you can be blown to bits um, and and it will remove you or or keep you from kind of like hunkering down in a position, uh, which is super cool, too. I I love games like that where you can do that uh, because it just changes the way you think about all of those things moving around um starfield also got uh a date which is i think out let me triple check and see when that date is um starfield uh they got their release date in a trailer so september 6th is when that's going to go live there's going to be a uh, xbox a showcase that we'll we'll talk a little bit about that more uh, later in the year. Uh, people are talking about it like, oh my god, this thing got delayed again, and I'm like, it's it got pushed. But like for everyone who has been complaining about Bethesda games being buggy with a game this big, there is no other thing that you can do but push it back. Like. If there was any other thing that you would want them to do at this point, it would be push it back to as long as you need to make sure that that thing has enough space to to, to be good and to also just like don't worry about it um, moving to a little bit further out in the year. September is going to be a really good time for it. I'm hyped for it. It's going to be really, really cool uh, to see when that drops, and I'm really just going to be excited for that uh, showcase now, because we'll get... We have to get some gameplay at that point, where we get a chance to see more of it than what we saw initially Some uh, a late last year. Uh, we're going to need to be able to see gameplay from, from one of the biggest games in the year, so very excited about that, too. So... Hyped for that we got some things coming down the line which i think is going to be very very interesting to see how they come to the space it's going to be a really fun time to to dig into the converse excuse me conversations around you know what's going to happen towards the end of the year if it's dropping in september that means it'll definitely be a spawnies contender uh which is which is also really really cool to, to have that in the mix um but yeah, it's it's a it's a lot of stuff happening right now uh, that we're just trying to figure like where does everything land? Um, you know, Atomic Heart is still in that conversation in terms of games that are being played. Uh, there's just a lot of small things that are that are that are in in the space, but nothing big is dropped yet. Like nothing big has kind of been monumental since. You know the beginning of the year with things like High Five Rush getting getting games out into the space. I mean, the beginning of you know the usual games right now. We have the WWE game coming out very soon. We have the MLB the Show game coming out very very soon. So it's a weird limbo part of the year in March. Uh, but we do also have GDC, which I'm going to be checking out a bunch of games at GDC in in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, PAX will be happening at the same time. So. A lot of things, a lot of things going around in the video game industry. One thing that I don't want to hear more about is this damn Microsoft acquisition. <laughs> That's one thing I just don't care about anymore. At this point, like, tell me when it's done. It's been a lot of scuttlebutt within the the video game press and the video game media stuff talking about every small minutiae thing that happens in that in that you know potential buyout or potential acquisition is a, a story and a half that goes up across every outlet and i just like i don't care like why do why do we care right now about a thing that didn't happen and may happen or might not happen if it does it will be great but if it doesn't then like you know even if it does happen again like what's the thing that we are going to pull from this that is going to be exci- exciting and you know, going to change the way that we already think about the games that are already in those portfolios it'll just mean that one console won't get them and the other one will and then that'll be the change of it it's not like the things that they are fighting on currently are games or, or IPs that we were like oh my god this new thing and the, p- the potential of this and the possibility of this will change gaming forever that's not the way this is going to wind up working so it winds up making me feel like, well, I, I guess I care about this. Is am I supposed to care about this in a real way? And the answer is probably no. Like there isn't a lot of stuff within that conversation yet, besides the games that we already know are coming. That I I I, I guess we're still supposed to figure it out and, and and care. I I don't I don't understand why. Um... So I think, I think that's that's the thing that's also within the, the, the conversation space right now that I'm just like, we're spending a lot of time talking about a thing that doesn't really matter yet. Um, so it's just weird. I, I, I don't know why people are so freaked out about it and are deciding to spend so much time on that particular conversation. So... Um, Excited about some of the stuff that's playing. We'll talk a little bit more about that in some upcoming shows. Um, But I do want to share with you all this amazing and really, really cool uh, interview with my friend Susanna Pollack, president of Games for Change. Um, She's rad. Uh, It was cool to be able to spend some time with her and talk about some of the things that are coming to Games for Change in the upcoming year and how they're expanding and doing some other really fun stuff. Uh, that you should be checking out, both virtually and in person in New York. Uh, So check out this dope interview with Susanna Pollock and right after that, uh, we'll be back. Hey everybody, we're here at DICE, here 2023. I'm with friend of the show, Susanna Pollock from games for change How are you doing? How's everything going?
1: Oh, I'm great, thank you. I'm so glad to uh, be talking to you today.
0: We finally get a chance to be here in person together. We have had conversations before about everything that you've been up to and, and doing and now we get a chance to do this in person. First of all, so so excited to have you here with me and really excited to talk about what's happening with Game for Change. I think every year the show gets bigger and better. Every year, you know, we're coming through the pandemic. Everyone's like, post pandemic, we're still in the pandemic, wear your mask. But, you know, things are changing in terms of what Game for Change is doing for the kind of upcoming year and the upcoming season. Talk a little bit about, you know, where things have come from and, and where things are kind of moving towards
1: oh well this is really exciting for me Um, so games for change is celebrating its 20th anniversary coming up which is pretty wild to think about now I've been with the organization almost 10 years but you know 20 years ago there were a group of people who had this premise that games can have a power beyond entertainment and you know we have been building this community of game developers and not-for-profits people in education and healthcare and government agencies all about the power that games and now also immersive media can have to make the world, you know, a better place. Um, And so this year for our 20th anniversary, we are offering some really exciting programs that go beyond what we traditionally do, our Games to Change Festival. Um, So I'd love to share that with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear more about that. Again, as a person who's been a big fan of, of everything you're doing and the rest of the team, uh, before we jump into the new stuff, sure. how was last year's event? Because again, it's every year this is happening, it's been happening for now 20 years, and it's again continues to grow. You know, what did you kind of pull from last year is that you want to, you know, infuse into the next version of the show and the next version of the event? And, and, and what were some of the things and some of the takeaways that you found yeah. from, from the event?
1: Well, even going uh, a little earlier than that, like what we learned over the pandemic, yeah. when we had to, you know, like so many events, you know, had to force and do something uh, virtually. When we went to a virtual model for the festival, what we discovered really was how truly the global the audience was. Um, we've been launching chapters around the world and what we saw, I think it was the 2020 festival, the very first one we did, virtually, we had participation from over 123 countries, wow. right? Like that's that's pretty amazing. That's huge. Like, so there are people all over the world interested in, you know, the work they were doing. So fast forward to last year, 2022, um, and we had this opportunity to go back in person and we decided to do a hybrid event. So we had two days of content that was in-person and it was kind of like exclusive, right? To people who were in person. And then we had two days of virtual content that was open to everyone. Well, the biggest thing I learned is never do that again because (laughs) it was absolutely (laughs) exhausting and it nearly killed my team. But we were able to serve like both audiences because not everybody can come to New York sure. then, you know. And we want to offer, you know, uh, access. But what we what we decided to do so when we did that event, um, you know, we saw number people coming back. People yep. are are interested in in convening again. There still was you know a spike around the time of the event, and you can't control those things. Um, but this year, look coming up forward, what we've decided to do is this: we've decided to have it exclusively in person this year, and that's Ooh. not as a me- meant to like exclude people who can't sure, come sure. because all of the content that we have at the festival is captured, and then we make it available for free on our YouTube channel so it all will be available and it also will be live streamed so those people who can't come will be able to watch it you know from their homes and we will offer chat functions and ways we help you know to keep the community feeling uh, connected uh, and then uh, we also have our chapters that have been active uh, in different regions around the world, hosting small events in those regions. So we really want to bring our global community together, make them feel like they're part of this m- massive movement about, yeah. you know, not only games as being ubiquitous in the biggest form of entertainment there is in the world, but also um, applying that to social good.
0: The thing I love about that is that kind of, you know, rejiggering of, of, of how you're thinking about it, right? It's like you've seen, you know, the way you've had to kind of morph the show due to the pandemic and due to the way that, you know, we're all kind of consuming a lot of this media and content as well. And having that global reach, I'm sure that feels really good to know that, like, you know, it's it's a hard thing to pivot, right? And it's a hard thing to try to figure out on the fly how you're gonna do things when the world is, is turning <laughs> is turning on its head. Yeah. Um, but, but it sounds like you all have, you know through, the, through all that hard work, have found good ways to, to, to compensate.
1: Yeah, we're trying to, you know, it's experiment every year. Like yeah. we're all trying to figure it out. So, but what we, I think what we've come to is understand is that at the end of the day, it's all about community mm. and it's all about connection. So, if we can create that community and connection in person in New York for the, our event, great. If we can create, these satellite events and offer that local community and connection that way, terrific. And if we can reach a broader audience, yeah. but still offering a way to connect virtually, then then we've succeeded at all fronts.
0: Are you finding that those satellites, or at least the conversations that you're starting to have with some of those folks, that they are tuning some of their specific kinds of events and, and experiences you know, towards the kind of local communities that they are that they're serving, you yeah. find that that's happening too. Yeah,
1: so that's absolutely our model. So yeah. when we work with uh, event organizers or we, our chapter leads, Game Switch Chains chapter leads, in different regions, we have you know an understanding that seventy-five percent of the content needs to come from the region Ooh, that's hosting the event because again, cool. it's about developing community. We don't <laughs> want to just replicate what's happening in New York. Sure. So that isn't that encourages. Um, you know, uh, elevating the local stories, the early game developers or XR creators working with local NGOs or um, brands that are, are looking to leverage this medium and help support them.
0: That's cool, I mean, I, I love that part of it because again, that's I feel like you'll get such a different flavor of everything Absolutely. that's happening and speaking to the games and, and the conversations that are happening in those specific regions, that's gonna be really, really fun to be able to see that come through. Are you seeing also with the kind of you know transformation and how fast everything is moving in the technology space in the game space that even the ways that people are coming to games for change to say here's a conversation we want to have how has that changed over the past you know even we'll go back ten years right how's that kind of changed and morphed in, in, in those conversations too?
1: Well, I think ten years ago we were still fighting the fight to prove why games can have a power beyond entertainment. So the conversation was a lot about, was convincing people, yeah. right? That this is something they should pay attention to and spend their time in or research or put money you know, towards. And now we've moved beyond that. Yeah. So now it's the how. Yeah. How can we most effectively do that? How can we encourage, um, you know, universities to um, to teach games and impact in a game design curriculum, or big brands into our community and saying it's not just about sponsoring a esports tournament, right. but how to like deeply connect that you know that their interest in games and connecting with the uh, consumers and the audiences that they do, mm. but how to do that in a meaningful way. Um, I also have seen an increase. In the type of game studios and industry that we are engaging in, mm. there's more and more interest in the midsize and AAA and you know double oh. uh, A studios in our work. And I think there's like there's this um, growing uh, understanding and sense of responsibility yeah. that a lot of leadership has in in those in those companies to say, you know, we, there is a, there's there's responsibility that comes with this kind of powerful platform. And so they're coming to the table. They're either you know, wanting to have the difficult conversations about DEI, um, they're tying uh, promotions within games to different CSR no. you know, um, programs, and they are um, even willing to create storylines or entire games that would um, inform as well as entertain.
0: I think it's been really interesting as well, you know, me being on the media side and, and seeing the work that you all have been doing and hearing this part of the, the conversation come forward is that it does feel like there is a, a really interesting, I'm not gonna say tipping point, because everybody says that, and then it's, you know, it, it kind of, you know, does its thing, its peaks and valleys of it. But it does feel like that conversation of a lot of different teams at multiple layers of the mm-hmm. funnel, multiple sizes, are really thinking about not only the, the, the cultural layer that they are kind of infusing with the work that they do through the games that they make, but also how that internally affects their teams, yep. how that looks towards their brands, how that also kind of affects the way that their global impact is also you know, performing across the, the rest of the industry and industries that are kind of adjacent. Are you seeing other industries now um, kind of coming to you all and saying, you know, is there a way for us to kind of connect with more games folks? Are there ways that we want to have some social impact for good and you are doing this at the at the, at the top of the level and we just don't understand it? Are, are you finding yeah. some of that too?
1: 100%, well, going to what you just first said about like this multi-layer uh, or multi-level, yeah. right? Like interest within the industry itself. You're 100% right. Yeah. Mean, that's something we see across the board is that companies are looking at Ways in which they can give back to their communities because it's important to their mm. employees, right? Because it's becoming part of a um, uh, recruiting opportunity, yeah. right? Because younger generations are looking for ways to companies that they feel can feel really good about, right? Joining. Then you have, you know, um, uh, ERG groups, mm-hmm. right? So we have things for, around diversity and inclusion also. Uh, Developed organically within yep. an organization, and then, as I said, like at a more senior level, there's this just kind of um, kind of need and an in, in interest to give back, right? Because they've accumulated whether it's a lot of success or wealth, and and to um, to operate at, in a way that um, offers like more of a, a circular kind of mm. like economy. But in terms of the the question of are other brands or organizations coming to us because they see the power of reaching right games uh, gamers, 100. percent So, we have um, you know as a not-for-profit, yep. we have partners and funders and sponsors from all different sectors. The games industry has been very good to us in supporting our work. We have non-endemic brands coming from, um, let's say, the automotive industry mm. or yep. from you know like tech industry, but who are interested in reaching, I'll give you an example, like young people, and this is a program that you are somewhat familiar with, yes. our Games for Change yep. Student Challenge, where we work with young people all over the country uh, providing a game design program for, for young people, middle and high school students, to learn how to make games. No. And in the process of making games, they're learning and Important STEAM skills and and 21st century skills like collaboration and compassion and and um, uh, s- systemic thinking. Yeah. So you have you have other companies saying, you know, we want. We support that kind of education, and we realize that games is a game design. Games are game design. The passion for games is a great way to meet kids on where their interest lies, right? So they want, so they are interested in supporting our program because it's developing. Yeah, maybe it's developing a pipeline for people interested to get for kids to, to want to join the games industry. One hundred percent. Yep. But there's also kids who want to join other STEM careers or computer science careers or just developing important skills that will help them be thriving adults. And then I think there's also, I'll even say like the not-for-profits and the NGOs who say, you know, we want to expand our mission, we want to reach more people. What better way to do that, again, are going to where people are. uh, we had this amazing project last year with the Nobel Peace Center. Ooh. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, so the Nobel Peace Center is a museum in Oslo. It's mm-hmm. founded around the principles of, of Alfred Nobel, yep. who created the Nobel Peace Prize. And they, are, they were interested about the values of, Nobel Peace, of of Alfred Nobel and all the amazing things that Nobel Peace Prize laureates can accomplish. And so we worked with them uh, and developing a game strategy about what kind of game would be able to achieve what they want to achieve, hmm. be focused on the audience they want to reach, and the context of how they want to reach young people. And what we landed on was a game that could be played in schools, that could be facilitated by a teacher, that shows the personal stories of people like Malala yeah. or you know, Desmond Tutu in um, a really interactive, fun, you know, game-like experience. And so we brought this idea to Minecraft and to Minecraft EDU in particular for our first game. And we collaborated on a series of games that kids could play um, and teachers could feel good about bringing it into the classroom, yeah. right? And we, and we developed curriculum for the teachers, so they could they be able to onboard kids into the game, and then activities for afterwards. Um, and then that that first game was focused on being an active citizen. Mm. And then the follow-up game was, was focused on peace-building, and Minecraft was so happy with it that they um, put it on the Bedrock version. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So, so, and Nobel Peace Prize and the, uh, and the Center was so happy because now they're in classrooms all over the world. Thousands of kids are playing this game and learning these important lessons um, while having a great time.
0: That's so cool to see that you're having that kind of impact across that many folks in in those collaborative efforts in that way. Um, are, are you seeing any trends right now that are happening in the kind of you know, doing good space in the kind of games for good conversation? Because I know usually there's a theme that kind of is, even if it's an underlying tone for the event, are you seeing anything that's kind of bubbling up uh, across the, the kind of greater conversations that we're having around social good?
1: Sure. So um, conversations around the climate has mm. and, and climate issues ha- actually have been evolving over the past 10 years, or five years, in particular in the games industry. Um, there's a great initiative that came out of the UN Environment Program called mm. Playing for the Planet, huh. and that group um, has uh, uh, put together dozens of game studios, again, AAA to indie, indie developers that have come forward with pledges on addressing climate and sustainability whether it's within their own practices or within the content that they're actually making. Mm. So there's continued conversation about sustainability and climate and super important yeah. and I hope it, it continues. Yeah. Um, but there's also, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, continued interest and need to diversify the pipeline. So that's something that that is continuing to build and I think that the studios are coming up with create more creative ways to to reach to reach those 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 students. Um, and then there's just broadly like the world's um, Well, world's issues, the most important issues that are framed by the United Nations, which is the Sustainable Development Goals, Mm. and those are a set of principles um, that were um, developed, uh, I would say, about ten years ago, that focused on uh, guiding efforts for UN member states around the around the world to focus on their work to achieve things by 2030. Okay, and there are public and private partnerships that have, that exist in many different places to create programs that can help deliver on these goals and I have in conversations that I've been having with a lot of game studios uh, particularly leading up to this week I'm discovering that there are a lot of great projects already have, have been happening no. um, that are really geared to help on a global level and I you know and they're across poverty it's across um, education and, um, and climate, of course, and racial justice, um, it's really inspiring.
0: I, that's the stuff I love to hear because I feel like there's uh, such an interesting undercurrent of you know the spaces, we talk a lot about the things that don't work well within our space. And we don't get a chance to uplift the stories about all the things that are being done that are really kind of moving the needle, right? Yeah. In, in your work, are you, are you finding that, you know, you've been doing this for a while, you've been in the trenches, you've been doing this work and doing it really, really well, what, what are the things that are continuing to kind of move you forward you know in, the, in this role and, and in the work that you do what 's the thing that drives you to continue to kind yeah. of make this happen
1: well i i've been really really pleased about how we continue to bring new partners into this space mm. and it is momentum it is a little bit of the tipping point um, where uh, where there are a lot of Partners from different sectors that are coming to the same place at the same time. I'd like to think it's somewhat to do with our outreach mm. and our, you know, great programs that we've been running and great events, um, but also it's just in the zeitgeist, right? Yep. So um, so we're we're seeing great momentum. I'm excited about the scale, the mm. ability to reach people on a global level. I'm excited about working with, you know, very big partners, but I'm also excited about inspiring the next generation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm also really excited about new technology. Mm. And we've been working in the immersive media space for the past five years. We have an initiative called XR for Change. Yeah. And that has been um, really you know, exciting and successful as we've been kind of helping develop a community beyond games mm. and game designers who are working in XR, but you know, narrative storytelling in XR and how you know, it helps develop empathy and have different use cases. And now we're thinking, we are talking a lot about the metaverse.
0: Oh, interesting. Yes, the the
1: big M word. And where we started, we jumped in in this, is actually focusing on education Mm -hmm. because, again, young people are really, obviously, important to our future. And access and equity is is something that we've been thinking a lot about. And we actually started a project with um, a company called Lightshed, and it's led by um, uh, a guy named Gabo Aurora, who Mm. is an award-winning XR creator, and he used to work at the UN, he taught at or developed a program at Johns Hopkins University and the project is called Whose Metaverse.
0: Interesting. Question mark.
1: And the 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 reason it's like prompted in that way is to provoke a question of like whose metaverse will it be? Hmm. Who will be making The metaverse who is going to participate as creators and how can we provide access and equity to kids who wouldn't typically have access to high-end technology to the curriculum that they would need to learn how to use these tools and the ability to to create stories and so this project that we're working on which will be launching in harlem Oh, nice. Uh, yes this summer um, and it's a it's literally like a shipping container that we have outfitted with web 3 and um, you know immersive tech and metaverse technology that, and with curriculum that's going to bring these shipping containers into the communities where these kids just wouldn't have you know these opportunities and with the um, with the just great program that we've developed we'll be able to bring in kids from the local communities and learn how to tell their own stories. In this medium
0: i think that's and that's that's cool to hear that you're thinking about it in those spaces and especially in that part of the part of the city i think one of the conversations that i've always been super super high on is like how do we not only just talk about the pipeline which we all know is a big issue and the thing that we're all trying to figure out good ways to yeah. kind of you know bridge those bridge some of those gaps but it feels like right now especially within you know, especially black and brown communities like the the, the driving forces behind media and ownership and all those things are really coming to the forefront so it does sound really cool that you're all kind of like engaging with that specific community in that way to kind of talk about what that's going to be for for, for the future that's pretty rad I like that a lot yeah, that's, that's pretty you. cool to be able to kind of dig into that stuff I'm there excited too. too before I let you go uh the show was coming up soonish
1: yeah, yeah. soonish July.
0: soonish um, what's one of the things that you're super super excited for that you can talk about uh, that you're super super excited about that you're going to kind of bring into this next year show.
1: All right. I'm so I mean yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled and, you know, a little petrified about the <laughs> scale of what we're going to be doing. Okay. So usually the Games for Change Festival is two or three days of content. Yeah. We focus on two days on games and impact and then a day on XR and yep. impact. And we have an awards ceremony and we have an arcade and it's um, you know, both a place to Learn and uh, learn about new projects. Be yeah. inspired by creators and network and meet tons of people. Um, but the, the people who attend that event are typically professionals. It's yep. a B two B. It's an industry event. Uh, granted. It's cross-sector, so it's NGOs and not-for-profits and the games industry and technology and education, and that's kind of like the special sauce that yep. happens there. So this year, though, we wanted to expand the programs to to connect with other other points of our community that that we that we touch with our programs. So starting with July seventeenth, um, we are going to be having the first event, the first gaming event within the United Nations. Ooh, and it's called wow. it's called the Games and the UN SDG Summit. Mm. It's going to be held at the UN's Delegate Dining Room. And it's going to be an invitation-only event. And we are going to be bringing in leaders from the games industry and technology and brands with UN programs. Uh, we'll be collaborating with UN, uh, UN's Environment Program, the UN Development Program, uh, UNESCO. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we're going to have a, a place where we can talk specifically about those aspirational, you know, goals that the UN has and how the games industry can support, is supporting, because there are some great stuff happening yeah. already, but how we can support um, getting to those to the finish line of, of what those go- goals intend to do, which again will hopefully foster new relationships, new projects, so super excited about that. Yeah. It's the first of its kind. Um, and then at the other end of the, the week, we're gonna have our first convening for young people, and it's called the g 4 Next Gen Fest and this is an extension of our work with the game design program that we've been running for the past nine years um, where we're going to bring 200 young people in high school for uh, for the first time to focus on career discovery Mm. so and also conversations around positive pro-social gaming, right, because yeah. that's at the heart is, is what we are interested in. Um, so we're going to be bringing in executives who are not only from the games industry, I mean, from game design, but from eSports and uh, shoutcasting, streamers, yeah. influencers, hopefully you'll come. Let me and, know, and I'm we, there. <laughs> and we want to inspire these kids and give them access, yeah. right, to people and see where they could uh, pursue uh, careers and also connect with peers who, you know, who love the same thing they, they love. Um, it'll be Streamed, so, we hopefully will also reach a larger audience and what I really hope is this will be the beginning of an annual event for young people that can also happen in other parts of the world.
0: Well, as always, it is so cool to hear all the things you have your hands dipped into and, and working on. Uh, and I'm just inspired by all the work you oh, get thank that you, you continue thank to you. do. And it's so cool to see all those layers kind of come to, to fruition and, and, and the show just continue to get bigger and, and, and better with every year. Uh, thank you so much for, for spending some time with me here at DICE thank and hanging you. out, and if you need me, I'm there. Just, oh, thank
1: you. You have oh, my number. My and you got, you have my info.
0: We'll, we'll figure that You're stuff out right and we'll make it happen. All Everybody right. here, we're going to hang out, with, do some more stuff here at DICE and hang out with some more folks. Uh, we'll see you in a little bit. See you later. Bye. All right. We are back from that really cool interview uh, again Susanna thank you so much for being a part of the show again we this is the second time that we had uh, her on the show to talk about all the goodness that is happening in in the games for change world um uh and yeah I think it's going to be a really cool experience I hope that I get a chance to finally go uh and experience it uh in person because one I haven't been back to New York in a couple of years and two uh it's a really uh It's a really interesting conference because it does pull in so many different layers of gaming that we don't really get a chance to kind of like poke at. We do it in kind of the charity spaces, um, but the kind of like um, corporate social responsibility layers that the gaming space has, you know, butts up directly with the work that Games for Change does when we think about what gaming can be for the world. And, and some of the important conversations that we want to kind of get into the space. Uh, Games for Change is doing a lot of that work. Um, and they definitely deserve more more love and more respect and more, more props for all the cool stuff that they are currently doing. Um, with that said, we're going to end our episode out uh, on a high note. Uh, we're going to have some fun stuff coming down the line in the next couple of weeks uh i'll have more conversations more videos more more stuff on our uh youtube channel about the games that i'm playing and a bunch of the things that i'm touching and, and and talking about um but make sure you're checking out and and subscribing to spawn on me and sharing out the good words about all the goodness that is happening in the video game space through a prism of blackness so much love to you all we'll see you all next week with more spawn on me much love And peace.